for me, the thing I have to pay most attention to is my own heart uh, because it's so easy for all of us, and this is where I'm like every other staff member, it's easy to get caught up in activities and doing the task and doing ministry and allowing ministry and our efforts in ministry to define who we are. Uh, in reality, the issue is uh, God cares about who we are at a heart level and are we growing and developing in our uh, relationship with Him? Are we growing in our maturity? Welcome to Listener. I'm your host, Sam Holland. Today's episode features Steve Sellers, the Vice President of Crew and Director of U.S. Ministry. Is there someone you'd like to hear interviewed on Listener? Email me at samantha.holland at crew.org. Enjoy the show. Your house is on a little lake there in Orlando. Right. Can you ski on that lake? I'm concerned about alligators. <laughs> uh, yes, we can ski on the lake. It's, it's, it's uh, a small lake by comparison to some bigger ones, but it's, it's uh, plenty big to ski on. Uh, we have a great arrangement with the alligators in our lake. Uh, we get the use of the lake during the day, and they get the lake at night. Uh, so we don't water ski at night, and they don't bother us during the day. Um, alligators are more nocturnal in terms of their feeding habits the day. They're resting, sunning, doing those kind of things. And so uh, I have no qualms about skiing in the lake or taking my grandkids to ski in the lake. Uh, they, uh, wow. So the, uh, we, uh, the arrangement has worked out very nicely. Hmm. This Oregon girl is trying to imagine knowingly water skiing on a lake that might have gators in it. But you're you're actually being serious. There are gators in it, but they're nocturnal. Yeah, there there are gators. You just should assume that any lake in Florida has alligators in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, there been we've lived either on the lake or by the lake for 25 years that we've lived here. Uh, there's never been an incident during the day of anybody getting attacked or even uh, coming close to anything with an alligator during the day. They really are uh, more nocturnal in how they feed, and they don't like humans. So they like us even less than we like them. Are there gators at Lake Hart? Uh, Different times there are. Uh, We have signs up to tell people that watch out for the gators. We don't want you to have Mm -hmm. little kids just wandering around in the grass around the edge of the ponds. Uh, If the If there are gators and they become larger, we will move them to another section uh, Mm -hmm. away from the property. But yeah, there are, at times, uh, you see the gators, but I always assume there are gators there. Steve, you did, in fact, take the campus ministry through a major reorg 25 years ago. Have you had been able to dialogue much with Mark Gothier? as he takes us through another major reorganization? Uh, yes. Uh, Mark and I have had extensive conversations uh, about what he is doing and uh, the need for the, the change in the structure. Uh, one of the things that happened in 92 was we were looking to make a change uh, in what was happening in the ministry because we realized we had plateaued and were actually in decline. And so in 92, we made changes that were necessary to address the problems of the day to get us refocused on key areas that needed attention. 
and the structure uh, change helped us do that. Uh, but anytime you make a structural change uh, to solve one set of problems, uh, your solution, while being helpful for the current problems, also sows the seeds of destruction for the next organizational <laughs> structure. And so uh, there is no perfect structure, no perfect organization. Even if you implement it the very best way, uh, you're solving one set of problems for today, uh, but that sows the seeds of the next next set of problems. Steve, I know you live in Orlando. You office out of Lake Hart. I wonder if you could just walk us through a typical work day. Are you in team meetings? Are you getting briefed by different ministries? What does a day for Steve Sellers at Lake Hart look like? Uh, well, only about half the days are at Lake Hart. Uh, other days I'm traveling or out uh, around the country or someplace else in the world. Uh, there is no typical day. Uh, the, the most common element of every day is that there's nothing common to the elements of the day. The uh, reality is uh, my role is giving oversight uh, to, incredibly, to an incredible group of leaders uh, who are leading in various areas, either a, a ministry or some part of the organization to help the ministry be more effective. And so I could be doing anything from sitting in a, in a meeting with the U.S. Uh, leadership. Uh, I might be sitting in uh, the, another team that I sit on is the global executive team of all the vice presidents who oversee different strategies around the world. Uh, I might be in those meetings. Uh, I could be out uh, meeting in a uh, ministry location, uh, seeing what God is doing. Uh, there's, of course, an, uh, an unusually high number of emails that come in all the time. So at different times during the week, uh, responding to those, I tend not to look at email every day uh, in terms of being able to answer or respond to it. Uh, I let those uh, kind of accumulate and sit down and focus times to uh, deal with those. Uh, I, for, those of, for those who get emails from me, they know that my responses are usually pretty brief and, and to the point. Uh, I'm not a, uh, a writer who writes long, extensive emails. If I have to write something that long, I'll tend to call people. Uh, so it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings, uh, a lot of uh, understanding what's going on in the ministry, uh, and ultimately doing a lot of problem solving where I'm interacting with people over issues that they're facing. Uh, by the time it gets to me, if it's a problem, it's a big enough problem that it's going to require some time. Uh, we have an incredible mm -hmm. group of staff, an incredible group of leaders throughout the ministry who solve problems, uh, but there are some that make it all the way up to me, which uh, means that it's going to require a lot of attention. I was really impressed with how quickly you responded to my email asking if I could interview you. Well, that's great. You just happened to hit it on a day when I was looking at email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tend not to go too long. Uh, I will do a quick glance through my email just to see if there's something incredibly urgent, and if there's not something there, then I don't tend to check email, I want to do email. And I think one of the things that hinders us as staff in terms of our effectiveness is we become slaves to the email or to text or whatever that's demanding immediate attention. Uh, and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I'm being effective. So not just checking a lot of email, but actually when I sit down to do it, I want to do the emails and get it dealt with and move on. 
Steve, what made you want to say yes to this interview? I said yes to the interview because I want to make sure we are communicating with our staff. I have uh, a deep burden for our staff and a deep appreciation for who each person is and the incredible role that they play, the sacrifice and commitment that they have. And so I, I want our staff to be uh, as effective as possible. I want them to know that they're loved and cared about, they're appreciated, and uh, it's a deep desire on my part to make sure that we're doing a better job in communicating. And so I tend to not say no to opportunities to connect with staff. Uh, I, I really care about them and appreciate all of our staff. So you mentioned you're in Lake Hart about half the time, and the rest of the time you're out in the field visiting, seeing what God's doing through the ministry. What excites you about what you're seeing, about where crew is today and where you see crew going? I'm excited about what crew uh, is doing and our staff are doing around the world and here in the United States. Uh, every day, there are incredibly, uh, there are incredible people who wake up every day and think about how they can be effective at doing ministry, where they are uh, taking the steps to take the initiative to do evangelism, to help people grow in their faith, to give them opportunities to be involved, people that are constantly thinking about scope and how do we get to more people, how do we ensure that uh, our ministry is being effective. Uh, so I'm excited about our staff in their role in the ministry. Uh, we have amazing leaders and amazing ministries uh, throughout the country and around the world. And they're committed to making sure that we keep moving forward and not just settling in. And it's natural for ministries over time just to settle into what they can manage. Uh, but there's enough people in our organization who are dreaming about the future, believing God for great things that continue to push us forward to not settle into what we can manage ourselves, but to keep us on the cutting edge of our faith to trust God for what he has for us, not what we want to do ourselves, but what it is that God has for us to do. When is your job really challenging? Uh, the job is challenging uh, at different points when major issues come up. Uh, on any given day, uh, I can put my feet up and say, hey, things are going well. There are great staff and great leaders who are doing what they need to do. They're solving problems, they're setting direction, they're making decisions, they're moving forward, they're planning, they're doing everything they need to do. And so uh, as long as things are going well, uh, the job is challenging only in the scope of what I have to pay attention to. Uh, but it gets challenging when there gets to be an issue or a crisis uh, that demands a lot of attention. And it's not something that can be solved with a simple yes or no. Uh, that's when it gets challenging, uh, when the Lord uh, chooses to uh, present us with problems that need to be solved and recognizing that any problem that comes up is really an opportunity for God to show up and to trust him and to see how he might turn a problem into an opportunity that we can take advantage of. That's when it gets to be the most challenging where uh, there's conflict between people or there are issues uh, out external to the organization that's putting pressure on us, that are uh, creating demands on our staff or on our leaders that we need to pay attention to. Well, you've shared a little bit about your heart for staff and wanting our staff to feel loved and 
resourced and to be as effective as they can possibly be. And I've watched you stand in front of us, staff, and in front of our partners many times and really bear your soul, oftentimes move to tears. And I just wonder, how did you develop that capacity for vulnerability? Is, does it just come naturally to you? Uh, no, it does not come naturally. Uh, it is something I think the Lord has done a work in my heart over time. Uh, it comes naturally for me to care about our staff and to appreciate the people that we get to serve with. It's the greatest group of people in the world. Uh, I, I love being on the team with all of our staff. Uh, the, the vulnerability and the tenderness, I think, is something the Lord has developed over time where I can't, it just comes on me, the, the tenderness, the tears, where it just, it sneaks up on me. There are times where I think maybe it's because I'm not as connected to my own reality and my own emotions as I need to be, and so they surprise me. Uh, but it's something the Lord's done and putting a deep burden on on my heart uh, for people that don't know Christ, uh, the reality that unless somebody goes and tells them, uh, they might not ever hear, uh, and that we have this incredible message to take the gospel to the whole world, and not just to everyone, but to each one, uh, that each person uh, needs to know Christ. And so uh, it actually, part of it, I trace back to the change in 92 was um, at a time when the Lord was laying on my heart that this change needed to occur. And it wasn't about the organizational structure. It was about the Lord saying, there are some things that we need to pay attention to. Uh, and at that point, those three things were evangelism, that we had lost our evangelistic zeal, uh, growth, that we were needed to pay attention to how we were helping people grow and develop. Uh, and to making sure we were letting leaders lead. And as I started talking about those things the Lord was putting on my heart, the burden of those things, uh, that's uh, kind of inexplicably when I, I started to tear up about uh, the whole issue of the lost. And in a lot of ways, if I could actually control it, I probably would make sure I didn't tear up uh, because it, it so uh, flusters me at times. Uh, but it's something the Lord hasn't, it's almost like one of those things where the Lord hasn't taken away. It's, I would be fine if I didn't have to do that. Uh, but it's something that just comes uh, on me in terms of the tears. Uh, the vulnerability uh, piece, uh, I just so appreciate when people are being real and honest and sharing their journey. Uh, I have seen plenty of situations where everything, people talk about everything looking good on the outside and not really knowing the internal reality of things. Uh, I think if we're not being vulnerable and honest about our own struggles, uh, then it lends itself for people to compare themselves to you and think, oh, well, they have everything together and look at all my issues. And the reality is I'm just like these other staff. All of us are in this journey where the Lord is doing a work in our heart and we need to trust him moment by moment. And we can't do that in our own effort. It's about the Holy Spirit doing a work in us. And it's just a subtle form of pride if I try to hide that and act like I'm doing fine, knowing that the reality is the Holy Spirit's having to work in my heart and deal with issues in my own journey and my own sin and my own weakness. 
if I hide that, then I'm not really being honest, and that's just trying to make myself look good in a, in a different way. Well, I glanced over our BCWI results from last year. Mm-hmm. And the general sense I got was it's that staff really trust the character of you and other leaders and their walk with the Lord, your walk with the Lord, your heart. What can feel ambiguous sometimes is just what crew's goals are and whether we're reaching them. And I just wondered how you respond to that feedback. The BCWI is really a great tool for us that we've been using the last several years. Uh, It's very helpful that we get feedback from the staff. I encourage every staff member to fill it out. You know, we get about half the people that do it, which is a really high number. Uh, I would like to see that, you know, be more like 100% uh, because it really is important. People don't think they have a voice, but those comments and that input matter to us. Uh, when we get feedback on conferences or through BCWI, uh, we take that very seriously. And I, I read comments. I, I see what people are saying. Uh, we, do, we have people that do analysis of the numbers because those numbers matter because uh, the numbers aren't numbers. They're a compilation of people's um, reality. And so reality is our friend, and we want to lean into that and know what the truth really is. Uh, so uh, I appreciate the fact that staff trust their leaders. Uh, But I also look at the other numbers and say, we have uh, further to go in a lot of places. We're not giving staff the kind of feedback that we need to give them in terms of the number of people doing uh, position focus reviews and getting regular feedback every year. Uh, We're not communicating as much as we need to. Uh, We're not being as clear uh, as is needed on certain things like where we're headed and our goals and direction. And it doesn't matter whether I think it's clear. It matters whether the, each person on the field believes it's clear. And so we want to keep improving, using those things to give us feedback, uh, to make adjustments, uh, to talk about, you know, that our calling, you know, is about helping fulfill the Great Commission uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit by winning, building, and sending Christ-centered, multiplying disciples and helping the rest of the body of Christ do the same. We talk about our vision, Steve Douglas regularly refers to it, movements everywhere. And all of us think about what would it look like to have movements everywhere. We wanna be clear about our values that faith, growth, and fruitfulness, those are the core things worldwide that need to drive everything that we do. And that our mission of winning, building, and sending Christ-centered, multiplying disciples who uh, raise up spiritual movements are all part of the core DNA of, of what crew is about. It's been that way from the beginning. Uh, It hasn't changed. And yet we still need to make sure we're constantly talking about that in a way that helps staff understands that it's clear about where we're going and that it hasn't changed. So earlier you said, I'm just like other staff, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm just another staff member. So are your team meetings, are they just like our team meetings? can you drop us into one of your team meetings? What I know you have several teams, but what are they like? Are they um, fun? Are there devos? Is there conflict? Are you really just other staff people? Yes, I am really just other staff people. <laughs> uh, I, I love to do the same things other staff do. I like to have fun, like to laugh. 
Uh, I like to hear what God's doing in the hearts of other people uh, and to see how God's at work. Uh, our team meetings, the different teams that I sit on, some that I sit on, some that I lead, uh, there's a high commitment to a devotional life. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we were together as a global executive team uh, for a five-day off-site meeting. Uh, you know, the first afternoon, we spent the whole afternoon uh, singing, uh, worshiping the Lord, uh, praying, praying for the ministry, praying for one another, sharing about what God's doing in our hearts. That was a whole afternoon just focused on that. Every morning we were together, somebody let out from the time in the Word, and we looked at what's really, uh, what's the Word saying to us, and how do we need to interact with that and let that affect us. Uh, we take regular times uh, to, to pray uh, and to trust, and make sure we're trusting the Lord. Uh, we also do a lot of the same things you do at every, every level of the organization. There's some element of planning, looking at our strategic plan. Are we on track? At this meeting several weeks ago, we reviewed our team's strategic plan. What do we need to change? What needs more attention? Where do we need to focus? There's part of our time that's spent on talking about current problems. Is there something we need to do to put in place a different solution? Uh, for us and for me, it's on a bigger scale in terms of the scope. You know, we're talking about the whole world or the United States uh, or a specific issue. But ultimately, it comes down to we're all doing the same things. We're looking at what God's called us to do. We're evaluating our effectiveness. We're looking to grow. We're looking to make sure our faith is growing. Uh, we're checking how fruitful we're being and what do we need to do change to be more effective. You mentioned position focus and personal development plans, that those are important at every level of the organization. Do you have one? What's on it? Uh, I do have one. Uh, I, have, I meet with Steve uh, Douglas, my boss. Uh, we just met a couple of weeks ago to do our mid-year review. Uh, I do my mid, I'm in the process of doing the mid-year review on all the people that report to me uh, to look at their position focus, how are they doing. Uh, I, one of the questions I ask them is, have you done your mid-year review or your beginning of the year, end of the year review with everybody that reports to you? Have you asked them if they've done it with every person on their team? Uh, we really want to pay uh, a close attention to uh, what is happening there. Not so that we can check the box to say, okay, yeah, we did this form that HR requires. It's not about mm -hmm. checking a form. It's about realizing that our staff are our most valuable asset and they deserve to be clear about what's expected of them. They deserve feedback in terms of how they're doing. Uh, they deserve somebody looking at them and giving them input in terms of how they can grow. And they need the opportunity to know that what they're doing uh, is making a difference. So it's not about just filling out forms. It's about really caring about people. And I am doing everything I know to do to make sure that every staff person in the U.S. Uh, knows uh, that who they report to, what they're supposed to be doing. They get, they're getting regular feedback and they know that they're making a difference. Uh, in terms of what's on my form, uh, you know, we just go through what are my job descriptions, and I have uh, multiple roles. So one of the uh, critical uh, mission objectives on my position focus sheet is providing overall organization to, uh, organizational leadership to the ministry in the United States. So Steve and I talk about what, what does that look like and what are the things we're trying to do 
this year. Uh, I also oversee uh, most of the corporate things that most staff never think about in terms of legal and operations and uh, leadership development, HR kinds of issues, uh, more the corporate uh, finance things, those things report to me. And so part of my position focus is uh, being clear about what we need to do to make sure the organization, the corporation, if you will, is running effectively. Uh, I also uh, oversee some country directors or area directors around the world, and so there are things related to that. So it's basically taking down my job description and identifying what are the four or five critical things this year for me to focus on, and what would it look like for me to be successful at that. So in that vein, what do you have to be most aware of in your own development as the leader of a ministry like Crew? For me, the thing I have to pay most attention to is my own heart uh, because it's so easy for all of us, and this is where I'm like every other staff member, it's easy to get caught up in activities and doing the task and doing ministry and allowing ministry and our efforts in ministry to define who we are. Uh, in reality, the issue is uh, God cares about who we are at a heart level and are we growing and developing in our uh, relationship with him? Are we growing in our maturity? Uh, and it's very easy to allow external ministry activities to substitute for an inward reality. Second Corinthians 11, 3, Paul writes to the Corinthians, I'm concerned uh, about you that you might be led astray uh, by the or might be led astray or deceived by the evil one who would lead you away from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. And I think that's one of the challenges for me every day is to make sure I'm not being deceived by the evil one to go in a different direction, that I'm not getting deceived by the value of ministry that I let it become a substitute for the purity and simplicity of devotion to Jesus. I know that another... Something that leaders are always thinking about is raising up other leaders. And I also know that diversity is one of Crew's top four priorities. It's up there with evangelism and partnership and getting to the world, our scope. So as you think through your own succession plan, how are issues like ethnic and gender and even age diversity influencing that process? And what are the conversations that you're having that you can tell us about? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great question. Um, one of the things that we can tend to do as a ministry is not think about succession, but actually just keep working as hard as you can. And then all of a sudden it sneaks up on you and none of us are irreplaceable. Uh, all of us, at some point, the Lord's going to move on to a different role. Uh, we need to be thinking about how do we prepare for that. Uh, so one of the places where I think we have not done well in the past is we haven't done all we need to do to develop all of our staff, including uh, men, women, young, old, uh, ethnically diverse, that are because uh, the white male or white female is the majority of our cult of our population. Uh, they have tended to get more of opportunities for development. And so the question happens when we come up to the issue of succession, we think, well, there's not, uh, there's not enough people who are women or ethnic minorities 
uh, are young enough uh, who are ready to take this role. And we tend to focus on it at the very end when we're ready for somebody to step into a new role. And in reality, we've got to go way back into the system and say, we need to have a commitment to developing uh, men and women, uh, people of different ethnic ethnicities all along the way so that when we get to the question of succession, there's a multitude of choices for people uh, to move into that role. We often end up making a choice about who's going to move into a role because they might be one of the only ones prepared for that role. And that's a failure of our of our uh, leadership and of our organization to really develop people all along the way. So we have, uh, have been leaning into that a lot and saying we want to make sure that we're developing all of our staff. That's partly where the position focus reviews come in. Everybody should be getting regular feedback. Part of the position focus review is uh, the opportunity for a key developmental assignment where you think about as a leader what would be a good developmental assignment for this person. And if we're doing that all the way through the, through the ministry, men, women, husband, wives, single, male, female, uh, African-American, Latino, uh, Native American, Asian, whatever uh, nationality or ethnicity, if we're doing that throughout the system, we're going to see a succession plan put in place uh, where more and more people from those backgrounds are going to be able to move into leadership. Uh, we're putting a lot of emphasis on uh, expanding our leadership teams to give people opportunities to lead. Uh, the information that's out there uh, is that any team with more than two women on it is inherently more effective than a team with no women or a team with only one woman. So why, are, why is it that we're not moving more and more women into opportunities? Because it helps uh, our teams be more effective at accomplishing the task. So things like that, we're looking at the realities of where we are, and we're leaning in uh, definitively to address the issues and to make progress in developing everyone. So building the leadership bench and making it more diverse will make sure that we have the leaders for the various succession plans at your level of the organization when the time comes. Right, that you can't just start at the point where you're trying to decide who's gonna replace me. You've gotta start way earlier in the system and making sure that you're developing and giving people opportunities to grow uh, so that a number of people are ready. And in, in my case, there are uh, a number of people who could step into my role and uh, whatever the Lord decides that he wants to make that change, uh, there, we have been paying attention to that and we are continuing to add uh, people and give people opportunities from different ethnic backgrounds and, uh, and for women uh, to be added to leadership teams on, at the national level of the overall U.S. ministry, of in, each of the individual ministries uh, globally. Uh, we're looking to provide those opportunities. Is the strategic leadership initiative one of those ways that you're building the leadership bench? Yes. Uh, the... Uh, the SLI has been uh, a phenomenal um, venue for developing leaders. Uh, I, I get to interact with them individually or as a group. Uh, there's between 25 and 30 that come through every two years. Uh, and it's interesting, we've been doing this now, I think this is our seventh or eighth cohort uh, that's just started this year. Uh, we've been doing it for a number of years and we're seeing the results of that. 
Uh, a number of leaders who are moving into key national roles uh, have come th from the SLI uh, cohorts that have come through, knowing that they've gotten a lot more intentional development. You don't have to go through SLI to get a leadership position, uh, but we're seeing uh, more and more of our leadership positions being filled uh, with people uh, who've come through that. And uh, those cohorts are uh, gender diverse and ethnically diverse, uh, and it provides greater opportunity for growth uh, and a greater pool of uh, people to be able to step into leadership. Steve, I know the Crew 19 design team just met. Are you part of that design team? Are you thinking about Crew 19, or do they bring you in later in the process when they have an idea of where they're going? Uh, I am not part of the design team. The design team uh, functions uh, to uh, work on it, uh, but I am very much in the process of engaging with them and approving where we're headed. Uh, so the design team's not working independently of leadership. Uh, they, they come back with uh, concepts, ideas, specific proposals, not only to me, but to the broader U.S. leadership team. Uh, I am excited about where we're headed. Uh, we have had, for the last number of years, uh, focus uh, priorities on the gospel, on diversity, on partnerships, and on scope. And those four things will still be a part uh, each year. We want to adjust which one gets the, uh, the focus attention. In, in 2019, it's going to be much more about the gospel uh, and uh, our commitment to evangelism and getting the gospel to the world, which brings in scope. Uh, but it will be connected to our heart to be, uh, to be more effective uh, crossing diverse lines and being effective within different ethnicities. And it will stay connected to our commitment to partnerships. How do we mobilize more people into the kingdom work? We will not get there by just doing everything ourselves. And so Crew 19 will have a greater focus on our core DNA and the focus on the gospel and how it, we need to make sure we're being true to that, uh, as well as uh, bringing in the emphasis of scope, diversity, and partnership. Mm -hmm.